Welcome back to the Grow With Shea podcast. Today, I am here with Michelle. Michelle, welcome. Hi. I'm Good so to glad be here. I'm so glad you're here. Will, will you just maybe introduce yourself a little bit to our friends who maybe haven't met you before? Yeah, I'm Michelle, like I said, and my Instagram handle is gas by granny, which means a gastric bypass granny for the shortened version of it. I'm 63. I had my gastric bypass at 62 after debating for many, many years and, and doing a lot of research, I jumped in with both feet and just went for it. And so, yeah, I'm a mom of six kids. I have three boys and three girls and I have 11 grandchildren. I think, you'll see, I have three granddaughters and eight grandsons. So the boys wow. are out with And anyway, but yeah, I just, I'm, I'm retired and just enjoying life right now. I love it. I love it. If, if my handle was gas by Shay, it would definitely mean something different than that for me. <laughs> Do you get that question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For a long time, several people thought it was just because I was a gassy grandma, but you know, and that's fine because this gastric bypass patients or weight loss surgery patients, we do have some pretty interesting gas <laughs> issues. Yes. I love it. No, it's, it, I love it. It can mean whatever people interpret it to mean. <laughs> exactly. Yep. That's well, so true. That's awesome. Man, so how long has it been since you've retired? How long have you been in retirement life? Let's see. I retired in August of 2019, I want to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huh? In 2019. Not I had had a pretty bad car accident at that time and what my profession was was very heavy lifting heavy work and so I could not do that anymore and I had saved up enough for you know with my 401 and my my insurance for my long-term disability that I just decided it was time to I'd worked for nearly 30 well actually probably longer than 30 years because I worked I got my first job when I was 13, but at this particular job, I'd almost worked there 30 years. So wow. it was time to move on and it was, it's been a good move. That's awesome. What, what has retirement looked like for you? What, what's like your schedule? What do you typically do in retirement life? <laughs> well, I'm actually really busy, so it's good that that I am retired. That's um, what I've heard. Like with people, yeah. family members that have retired, they're like, I don't know how I fit in a job before this. Cause I'm busier now than I was before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, your, your priorities just changed. So I have a brother that is not married. And so he's had some, he had traumatic brain injury when he was younger. And now he's dealing with a lot of dementia issues and he tried living alone and doing his thing, but he would forget to take his diabetes medicine and I would find him passed out on the floor. And so, and he lived so far away from me that it wasn't a good fit. And so just before the pandemic started, we'd put him in a assisted living and it's been a good fit for him. It's, it's good that they can take care of him and provide everything that he needs medically. Uh, so I'm pretty much in charge of making sure he gets all his doctor's appointments and 
things that he has going on. And then grandkids, boy, <laughs> they keep you busy with all their activities. Um, and it's been nice because I, it's afforded me to be able to go over and and watch them when their parents had needed a break. So, you know, it's been good that way. That's awesome. I was talking with a physician that I work with and he was telling me, he goes, Shay, I'm, I'm going to be moving positions. I'm going to be quitting. And he's worked at, at the healthcare system I work for, for like, I think 20 years or something. I'm like, where are you going? What are you talking about? He's like, I got promoted to grandpa. So his daughter is having a baby and he's like, that's going to be my new job role. So that's what it sounds like you transitioned uh-huh. into. <laughs> yeah, and it's a great, it's a great position to transition to. It's, I don't think there's anything more fun than being a grandparent. So I love it. Yeah. What, what feels different about it? Like, or what do you enjoy and maybe not enjoy? I, I just have heard that people enjoy being grandparents more than parents. Have you found that to be true for you? And, and if so, so how come? Well, well, with parenting, I mean, it's hard. Every, every child you have comes with a different personality. And, you know, you got to be the hard, you know, do this type mom or whatever. And I don't think you have as good a relationship maybe with your children as what you do with your grandchildren because you can just be a fun grandma. You can go and take them shopping or do the fun things with them and not have to be the person who puts the rules on them. And, you know, everything goes out the window when my grandkids are with grandma and grandpa, you know, (laughs) and my kids have let me know that they're not too appreciative of it, but what are they going to do? <laughs> if they need your help, you're like, well, I, I'm helping yeah. you out, so I'm going to do the thing I want to. Are you enjoying this podcast? I hope you are. If you want to watch this podcast ad-free, see behind-the-scenes footage, get discounts, and be part of a supportive community, join my Patreon. Memberships start at only $2 a month. Visit stan.store slash growwithshay to sign up today. I'm excited to see you over there. Oh, yep. I, when they go on trips, I'm, you know, there with them and watching their kiddos. And so if that's what they want, they're going to have to just deal with what I give them. So, I love but it. yeah, it's just, it's just fun. It's just fun to watch them grow up. And I've got very talented grandchildren. All of them have great talents and are just hardworking kids. All of them have just, I mean, gosh, they're just all so well-rounded and they all do such a good job. So yeah, it's, it's been fun. The, the, the real question is with 11 grandkids, how do you keep track of all the birthdays, all the stuff going on? That's what I always like I'm far from being a grandma because I don't even have kids yet, but that's what I think about of like, I, I'm going to have to get organized. Like when you have that many to yeah. keep track of. <laughs> it is really hard. I, I have to put it in my phone and for a while I, I did have a visible calendar and I know that you put one and I'm definitely going back to visible calendar because there's been a couple of times I've forgotten important things and I'm just like, how did I forget that? But somehow it didn't save on my phone or, and it, it's embarrassing to, you know, to forget someone's birthday or, you know, and so you have to make up for it quite a bit. But 
yeah, you just have to really be on top of it and make sure you're remembering. Now, it's not bad for me, but my in-laws, they had 62 grandchildren. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes, they had a very large family, and each child that they had, they had 10 children, and each of them had very large families. And so we had, yeah, they had a lot, but they didn't, they're not, they weren't a very, maybe as active grandparent as what, you know, I have been. Other generation maybe wasn't so much into it, but so, you know, maybe a little different for them, you know, aspect-wise, but I try to be very active in their lives and keep up with things, so... Yeah, yeah, at that at that point, if I had 62 grandchildren, I would be like, I love you all. I only remember part of your names. It's not because I don't love you. There's just a lot of you. Like, let's just get together yeah. once a year and we'll I'll give all of your presents then and we'll just get it done at that point. That's I think my okay. approach with that. <laughs> yeah. They they pretty much didn't give presents. They were, you know, we I think my kids got birthday cards. I can't remember for sure, but mm-hmm. yeah, they they just weren't as and I'm sure it was overwhelming to them. They were older, you know. And so, in fact, my my mother-in-law was a stepmother-in-law. She she didn't have children of her own. And so to walk in, in this big family, I'm sure it was way overwhelming for her. They, yeah, they, she just walked into a, a big family. and But she did a great job, you know, as far as trying to do her best and what she had. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, as you kind of like reflect on your, so you're 63, I'm 28. Where were you like when you were 20 in your late twenties and like, what are some of the things that stand out to you in your life at that, in that season of life? When I was in my late twenties, I had my last baby, my number six at 27. So I had six children at the, from the ages 10 and under. So I was a very, very busy mom, a very overwhelmed mom, but I have, I've said this many times before, I have the best kids. I have really good kids. They were easy to raise. You know, as they got older into teenage years, they were a little wild, a couple of them, but for the most part, I just had really wonderful children and it was very blessed to have those. What I reflect on is being present and it, it doesn't always matter to do fancy things and go out for you know big parties or to take them to big places and some of the memories that we my kids have had were just little things they weren't the big mm. things they were little things and so i would just say be present for them be there talk you know be there to talk to them and be approachable but yeah, it was it was a, a hard time of life, but yet a good time at the same same time. So yeah, um, yeah, just just really good things, and just always be there to make sure you like validate them, and that nothing is ever really wrong. It's just how you perceive things, mm-hmm. and things can be good, they can be bad, but it's how we react to it um, that makes it what it can really be. Yeah. Do you, since you had your kiddos earlier on in life, do you feel like now you're kind of getting to live not, not like your early twenties, but like just more of a season of like 
freedom, free time, like what has that felt like or has it felt that way or does that make sense? Yeah, it does. In fact, I went to lunch with some friends today and we were talking about that. And it's like now that we're both, you know, like we're retired, we have time to do things that and, and money to do the things that we didn't have back then. You know, we were we were poor, poor, poor <laughs> and we didn't do a lot. And so now it's kind of like a like I'm dating my husband kind of again. We get to go off. We don't have any responsibilities. You know, we can just if we want to go somewhere, we hop in the car and go. And so in that retrospect, yes, it's, it's been fun. But it's also you change over the years thing. You have different, I don't know if it's different tastes or if you want to just have different goals or things you want to accomplish. And sometimes your mate isn't always on board with that, but we try to compromise and, you know, and do a little bit of what we both want to do. And he's more compromising than I am. <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> at least I'm you're a honest person. about that. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I kind of tend to, to rule. I, I think it's because I'm more outgoing and I'm willing to do more things than what he is willing to do. He's very reserved. And so when I say I want to do certain things, he's, you know, kind of apprehensive, but in the end he'll be like, okay, you know, let's just go because you're not going to be happy if I don't do it. So <laughs> we, we kind of compromise that way. It's like, yep, I'm going to get my way. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. I I just had Dylan, my husband, on my podcast just yesterday, actually. We recorded it and we were just kind of reflecting on our journeys because we've been together since we were 15 and 16 years old and just kind of talking about like things that we would have done differently, knowing what we know now and just kind of reflecting on that. But that's one thing he said is that he said, you know, when we got married, when we were 19 and 21, it's like we had no idea what kind of change and growth we would have. And there's such a big growth period, you know, between when we were 1921 and now we're 27, 28. And you and your husband have been together for, I can't remember how many years you said a long time though. I remember. Yeah. 45 years. Huh? 45 years. So that's a lot. Yeah. 46. If you count our year of dating and then we got married quite quickly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there's a been a lot. Time. Yeah. There's been a lot of change and stuff within so that bad. time. I bet. Are there any like chunks of time for you that stand out of like, wow, we really changed a lot in, you know, the, these years of marriage or these were like really big years and in our growth and development or do you or do you do you see it differently than that yeah I can see where there was you know times of change you know I think we and I think everybody kind of goes through this you know where you one one partner is stronger than the other or you know one's weaker and I think you know as far as religion I think has played a big part in our in our marriage where we belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is more commonly known as Mormon. Um, and definitely, like, we have had, my husband's always been really strong, you know, in, in our religion. And I've been strong at times, and then there's times when I don't. I'm not as strong. 
and and so I think it's important to always remember where the other person's coming from and not place too much into it because sometimes if you I don't know how to phrase this but if you you you're having doubts or lacks or whatever not to really draw on that because it makes the person I think more so withdraw from certain things and if you're pushing them too much they're going to withdraw more and you know and that's maybe kind of been the case a few times you know as far as our religion background well because I, I I know for us I, I don't know if this will relate but we grew up more in like a Baptist Christian religion that was pretty strict in certain ways and and I think when for us being in that silo of just seeing one perspective our whole lives it's like as we've grown and had different ideas or different thoughts, it can kind of be a bit like scary and jolting of like, no, this isn't what we were taught to be like, or we weren't taught to, you know, have this perspective. And so I could definitely relate to that of like, as we've kind of learned more about ourselves or changed our mind or opinions in certain areas, there has been at least for me that knee-jerk response of wanting to be like ah like this is this isn't what we're supposed to do or this isn't right or whatever fill in the blank and it's been so much easier to just be able to meet that with more acceptance and like it's okay that that's where you know that my spouse is right now and I don't have to change them or try to fix them or do anything it's that's not my job to do that my job is just to show up and be there and and not have judgment I think is the biggest thing and that's hard to do sometimes it is and I'm I'm glad that you kind of brought that up you know as far as like the area I'm at right now after my weight loss surgery I've connected with more people outside my realm you know here in Utah I think we're very sheltered and like you we have our oh this is the way it should be but it's opened my eyes a lot and I become more accepting of certain things than what I have been in the past and that to me is good because I feel like I have really gained a lot of knowledge and a lot of love and compassion for areas that maybe I I wouldn't have normally. And so I not only has the weight loss, you know, thing been good, it's been good to connect with many different people from many different backgrounds. And it just shows, I mean, you can just love everybody. It doesn't have to be just a certain you know know, it's just just hard it's just hard you know when you've been very sheltered and stuff and so this has made me branch out more and uh really become accepting of of everyone and i've really grown from it away from that stigma you know i i Um, relate so much to that too because when you know having weight loss surgery that puts you into a community or a pool of people who have had that shared experience. But for a lot of the people that I've interacted with in the weight loss surgery community, that might be one of the only commonalities that we really have in our life, right? Like we all come from such diverse backgrounds and different experiences. 
And it's cool to have such a big comment or such a life-changing shared experience with other people. And I think for me, it's helped to see people and interact with people that I normally wouldn't because of like the, how I grew up and, and the people that were more in my internal circle Mm -hmm. and it humanizes people. And it's like, oh, these issues, you know, that in my religious upbringing, you know, a lot, a lot of things against the LGBTQ community, a lot of things against just like different perspectives, honestly, outside of the church and the way that I, I grew (laughs) up, like, it, it goes from those topics that don't have humans associated with them to humans that have experienced the backlash of that and going, oh, like, I don't yeah. think that's how, I, I can't imagine a God that would want it to be that way. And I mean, I don't know, I'm not trying to assume yeah. what God wants or doesn't want, yeah. but but it just, it puts more humans um, associated with it, which has been really cool. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I've looked at it. It says Jesus said to love everyone. He didn't say just to love the white people or the black people or Chinese or, you know, he said to love everyone and Mm -hmm. don't matter their race, religion, sex. I, you know, I, I kind of push that aside and leave that as a thing. And I just view that person as a child of God. And that's, where I'm going to leave it at and I don't Mm -hmm. need to put them in any category other than that that I just am going to love them so yeah so I think that's really opened my eyes a lot you know as far as this journey goes I've just met such wonderful people like you say from such diverse backgrounds and they are so knowledgeable and Mm -hmm. really have brought me up taught me a lot and so yeah I it's just been good for me just really good for me yeah, that's so cool. I, I'm curious because this is something that I've just been in the process of exploring for myself of like, you know, religion and just kind of, you know, piecing certain things together and unlearning certain things, relearning other things. But one thing that I have found that's left a huge imprint on me when it comes to more religion and how I grew up is this idea of conversion and how that has infiltrated so many other parts of my life where I felt so I've felt so responsible to convert people to my religion number one is where it started but number two Uh that's bled into you know converting people on that my way is the best way when it comes to how I'm eating what I'm doing in my life things like that can you relate to that I totally relate to that yes (laughs) what are your thoughts about that kind of like as you've been you know meeting new people and kind of exploring things differently like what are I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that you know I've kind of got to the point now where goes along is I'm not I'm not sure I mean I I feel like there might be one religion that maybe encompasses a lot more but I don't feel like I feel like we all bring something to the table it's Mm -hmm. it's not just this is right this is right I think we're here all together 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 in that but I do want to say I have noticed, like, as far as, like, the eating, you know, where you brought that up, it's hard for me, you know, and I, I keep, I 
I don't know why I'm like this because I will say, oh, don't, don't eat those things. You know, they're not. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, no, I can't be saying that. That's not good culture. <laughs> I, I need to be able to phrase it better or I, I don't know. I, I notice that like my, with my kids, I'll say, oh, don't, don't take your kids to McDonald's. That's, that's horrible. Or, you know, don't feed them this. They need to have really nutritious meals. But then I look back and when I was feeding my children, I didn't, you know, do that. And so I've really got to get out of the habit of telling people what's good and what's not. Adults and they can make their own choices. And, and it's hard though. It's hard not to say, you know, maybe this would be better or, mm -hmm. you know, try that. But it I is don't want really... people to do it to me, so I'm not going to try and do it to anyone else. Yeah, it but... is really, it is really hard, and and that's one of the biggest things I've worked on in this last year. Is I know for me, and I'm going to assume this of you, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. But like for me, it's coming from a place of like genuine care and concern, and because I love yeah. people, I could. Yes. I'm sure that's where it's coming from for you too. Um, yeah. It's coming from, I want them to have a healthy, long life. I want right. them to feel good. Yeah. 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 So and it's not that I'm being mean. It's just, I want them to feel the way that I feel. Right. Right. No, I totally relate to that. And, and that's something, again, I think that's come from more of that, that programming of needing to convert people and having such a like responsibility tied to that. And it's been so freeing. It was kind of scary at first. And then it it's been really freeing to recognize that like we all have our own individual choice and that's not a reflection of me or, you know, we all get to make our own choice. And so one way that it's been helpful for me to, instead of kind of, you know, digging my nose into other people's business, which is something I've been very good at in the past, it's just recognizing that we're all different and different things work for different people. And like, and I ask myself this a lot, like, who am I to like say what's best for that person? I don't know. I only know what's best for me. And so that's what I try to always say is like, this is what's worked for me, or this is what's helpful for me. It may or may not be helpful for you. Like, I don't know. And letting go of that control or that that mm -hmm. idea or that idea of control or that idea of like, oh yeah, I, I know what's best for everybody has been so freeing to not like wear that responsibility anymore. It's been so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, you know, it's, it's hard because as a, as a mother, I kind of feel, I, I feel like I've been a helicopter mom, you know, a lot and, and there's reasons for that, you know, and I, I care deeply for my children and, you know, and so you kind of do what you feel like you have to do at the moment, but it would be, it would be free not to have that feel like you have to have control over certain situations. And, yeah. uh, and so I'm trying to just let things go and realize I cannot fix every situation. And yeah. so, and it's hard. It's, it's so hard. I had a friend, actually, she was on a podcast episode and where we talked about parenting and I just I really respect and value her as a person and and as a parent she has three kiddos and different ages but she was saying that what's helped her in that realm when it comes to parenting is 
she said, you know, I've always felt like these kids are not mine. God just put me to be their guardians and to be the, the person that supports them the best that I can. But even their choices, they're not reflective of who I am. They're their own individual people. And I can do all I can to help support them. But at the end of the day, just like I want free choice, you know, to, to make my own decision, that's what they deserve as well. And so it's going to be, you know, things that I don't always agree with or understand, but I wasn't put on this earth to have control or dominion over them. I was put on this earth just to help guide them. And I thought that was just yeah. such a cool perspective to have because I, I'm not a parent yet, but I can imagine that desire to want to protect your kids, keep them safe and feeling like you have more control than you probably do. Like that would just be really hard. <laughs> it is really hard. And, and I think you just kind of hit it, you know, we're, we're here to guide them and direct them not to control them. And everyone has freedom of choice and, you know, and put the best situation that you can put the best prospects in front of them and choices and, then, you know, it's a little bit easier, you know, for them to make the correct choices. And if there's correct choices, but things that will help them grow and achieve the things that they want to do. Story Start is an online self-paced course bundle that has over an hour of high quality videos and an 18 page workbook that covers how to gather your goals and find your why behind sharing your story, share your story on short form and long form platforms, how to launch your story and how to create a sustainable business while sharing your story. This is the course bundle I wish I would have had when launching into sharing my story publicly. Whether you're sharing your story to a large audience or just want to piece together your story for yourself, this course bundle will help you do this. Visit stan.store slash grow with Shay to get this self-paced course bundle today. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think you'll realize it's, it's, it's just a different realm when it's your children and you have yeah. that beautiful baby that you want to protect forever. And they get a little harsy when they get older. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just respect and value how you're always open and humble to grow and learn new things. And I think that's the biggest ticket with any of this stuff is we don't have to be perfect at it. We just have to be willing to listen and learn and know that we don't know everything. And that's something I've always really admired about you. I think that's really cool. Thank you. Yes, I, I try to be very kind and, and accepting and loving of every situation and might not always turn out that way, but that's my intent is mm -hmm. to, to be that way. And basically, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So you just got to go with the with the flow and <laughs> there's just not much you can do to, to for it, you know? Yeah. So. Where do you think that that comes from for you, that desire to keep learning and growing? Because I know a lot of people who, you know, they get to retirement or 60 years old or whatever, and they're like, I'm good. Like, I've kind of lived my life. Like, I, I there's not really much for me to learn. I'm just going to keep moving and doing what I've always done. Like, what, what, why is that different for you, do you think? The world is our universe, and we definitely... I mean, I don't know everything. I'm far from it. And I feel 
like there's an always an opportunity to learn something or to benefit from lots of different situations. I learned so much from watching you and and all the podcasts, you know, that are out there. I mean, my gosh, you know, just and it's not that we're high you know, I mean, I think your education is a lot higher than mine, but I watch people who hardly have any education and yet they bring so much to the table. They have so much wisdom and I just think that we're never too old to learn. I'm hoping that the day that I die that I'm still being taught and I'm learning new things and I think it's opened my eyes to a lot of a lot more things than when I was younger. I just didn't have a lot of opportunity for many things and now I'm open to anything. I'm open to learn many things and and it goes back to, you know, just being on Instagram and following the people that I have. I, gosh, there's diversity and everybody just brings so much light and knowledge into my life. And I look at some of the things they say and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, that makes sense. And then I'll research and it just makes it so much nicer to, to know all these things. It's just crazy that that this Instagram, you know, has brought me to, to so much knowledge, you know, things that I would never, ever have. Yeah, it's wild. And it, it took making the decision to have weight loss surgery. Like, and, and that's why, like, it's so wild to me that that one decision is the reason you and I are here right now. The reason that exactly. you know, there's so many other people that we've connected with. And that's why just with my platform, I've really wanted to keep it open. And a lot of bariatric surgery naturally falls into that. But we're so much more than just the experiences we've had. You know, you're so much more than bariatric surgery, than being a grandma. You have so much so much of who you are and that's the stuff that helps all of us learn and grow is hearing each other's stories and learning from each other and being open to that what advice would you give to someone who maybe is in their 60s and they're kind of maybe at the point of like oh i don't know that i have much more to learn or i don't know if it's worth it for me to make new friends or have new connections with people like what advice would you have to for people like that well that's that's a tough one but i would say to just get out there and meet new people try new things there's so many you know things right now that we didn't have you know when i was younger like i mean pickleball we'll use that as an example that's something new and it's fun and how many, you know, I mean, there's going to be in the cornhole and there's going to be people out there who do these things that you probably have something way in common with. But if you're not willing to let go and experience that, you're never going to meet these people. And I, I deeply feel that there are people put in our place for a reason. I, I've said this for so many years. I'll give you a little backstory and it's a little bit long and I may get emotional. So that's okay. You um, know I cry all the time. All emotions are welcome here. <laughs> I'm a crier. Exactly. Exactly. That's what our shirt says. All that's emotions right. are welcome. I had a daughter. She was it was my very last daughter. She was my second to the last child. And when she was born, we could tell something was wrong, but we didn't know what. She just wouldn't gain weight she got really ill 
at two weeks, we took her in for her, you know, her two-week checkup, and our doctor said, I want you to go to the hospital and get some blood work done and stay at the hospital until I get word. I'm going to put these on stat. And so we did, and he called me and he said, I want you to get to this doctor right away. Eventually, after about seven weeks, being at the children's hospital in Salt Lake City, they pinpointed what her problem was, and she had a condition called biliary atresia. And what it is, is it's a hardening of the liver or cirrhosis of the liver. They think, they don't know, that it's usually a virus caused by the, carried by the mother that carried to the child or given to the child. And I did have chicken pox when I was pregnant with her. I didn't have them as a child, and so I got them when my ch kids all got chicken pox. Mom got chicken pox, and I just happened to be pregnant with her. And so they, they kind of feel like that was the reason for her. Now, the doctor at Primary Children's knew that liver transplants were something that was coming of age at that time. Now, you got to remember that this was in 1985. So things like this were in the medical field were really new. But that particular doctor told us to take her home and love her for as long as we had her. And that was not acceptable to me. And I left that conference room that we had. We had it with several doctors and my sister-in-law was there, my husband. I needed somebody that kind of, you know, was there to help me pick through things and understand things. And so there was another doctor in there who was her main liver doctor. He was, she wasn't a surgeon and she pulled us back and she said, there are more options. We can do liver transplants now and have been very successful with them. And she says, I just happened to go to school with two doctors who had started a program in Nebraska. And so we went to Nebraska to see if she qualified for liver transplant and she did. And she was on the, the waiting list for about, I'm going to say it was close to eight months. Now, <laughs> when we got there, I had forgotten some items of clothing that I needed. And so I reached out to a church member who was called our bishop, the bishop back there for, over the ward. And I said, would you happen to know anyone that would carry this size clothing, you know, because I, I need this article of clothing. And he says, yeah, he says, I think I do know a couple of ladies. Well, there was two ladies in that area that were belonged to our church who were single. And when they found out I was from Utah and far away from home, trying to get our daughter better after this liver transplant, they became really good friends. And we kept in contact thereafter. Well, my brother-in-law, who was my husband's older brother, got divorced about a year before I met this lady. And she decided she wanted to come to Utah to live. And I says, oh, great. You know, I says, why don't you come out? And I says, and we'll have, we'll have dinner when you get here. And I got the impression, very strong impression, to invite my brother-in-law. Well, those two hit it off like, no other <laughs> and and eventually got married and they've been married for a good 30 some odd years now wow and i honestly feel like even though it was really hard to go through that experience and my daughter had to go through many health problems for that i 
honestly feel that I would not have met this person otherwise and you know been there for her to be my sister-in-law and we became very good friends and we're really close and I honestly feel like even though it was a bad situation it turned into a good thing and for a person that I was supposed to be and there's mm -hmm. been many times where in my life situations that I thought you know why do we have to do this and I don't think it's the why I think it's the reason is is because of the who and who we're supposed to meet and who brings something special to our to us that we have to learn from and grow from and 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 that's kind of where I'm at in this this journey with my weight loss I'm not so sure that years ago when I started researching it that it was the right time but I think my mind is more open and my heart is more open to be more receptive of certain things and I think this is my time and season to be able to meet the people that I've met and to fully love them and just enjoy getting to know them. What a beautiful story. And that really resonates with me because I, I've just, this is, I, I will get emotional. I just, I can feel it bubbling up, but I've just been in such awe of that where a lot of these things that I've struggled with when, with my weight, with not being able to conceive children, you know, before, you know, having those fertility struggles and they were things that in the moment and still, you know, have brought so much, um, pain and sadness. And I mean, I can't even imagine with the situation you said with your daughter, having all of that happen, but in those moments, it's just, it's so confusing of like, why is this happening? You know, there's no mm -hmm. reason why this should be happening. And I love what you said about that, though. It's not always about the why, it's about the who. And man, like, I just, I, I can't think of organic ways that I would have met you. I would have met like all these people that I've come in contact with without this one stinking decision of having bariatric surgery. Like, how would our paths have crossed? Not saying it would have been impossible or like it couldn't have happened, but I just don't see a way of where it could have. I don't either, you know, given our, you know, like where you're located, where I'm located. I don't go to Oregon that much. I think I've been there <laughs> twice and the chances of us meeting, you know, totally, totally off. But I also want you to know I, I'm very proud to watch your journey with the fertility and I'm glad that you do say fertility because I honestly don't think that it is an infertility problem but my youngest son and his wife they've been married I want to say going on 10 years and they've not been able to conceive children and they adopted embryos I don't know if I oh. talked um, it's the same process as adopting children yep a very and it's very intense i mean they really have to go through a lot in selecting you know the family that they want to adopt the embryos from and for that family to choose them and they're they're on their last embryo now and they've still not been successful and it's been very hard and so i really have very much empathy with you going through this and 
just can't wait to meet you and give you the biggest hug. Uh-huh. Kind of feel like you're you're one of my kids too. <laughs> I just have gotten to to love you and to really admire you and for how you you handle things and you are you're just you could be one of my daughters and I I just love you like one. And thank you. I fully but, accept it. I accept you as my <laughs> adopted mom. I love it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I can I can handle having a few more children in my realm. So <laughs> we'll just pull you right in. Oh, I'll be praying for your your son and do you said uh, son and daughter-in-law, right? My son and daughter-in-law. Yeah. Uh-huh. And just they're just a beautiful couple just as you and Dylan are and any any child that would come to them would just and to you guys would just have the best parents and I just hope that it happens yeah for both you and for them thank you me so. me too what one book that has been really helpful for me and I I don't read a whole lot so to have a book that I've actually finished all the way through where my ADD hasn't distracted me <laughs> it says a lot about the book <laughs> uh, but it's called Spirit Babies. It was so interesting and helpful for me. Again, it's a it's a different perspective, one that I had never heard before. And coming from the religious background I came from, I think I it, it was the, the right time for me to read it because it was a season of like just exploring and, and having more of an open mind of things than I probably would have in the past. But it's essentially about this person who, instead of talking with people who have like passed on, like people, you know, some people have that ability, he talks with people that have yet to come. And so he calls them the spirit babies. And he talks about the these different couples he's worked with over the years. And it gave me such peace of like, I think for so long, it's when it comes to fertility, it's so easy to blame yourself, blame your partner of thinking that you have all this control in something that you really don't have any control in really. And this book just really painted it in that way of, it's not just about me and Dylan being ready. It's about these, the baby being ready for the person is ready yeah Yeah. whoever the person is that's going to be entrusted with us whether it's a baby that comes you know through my physical body or a baby that's through adoption or whatever the case is it has to be the right time and I think before I just had a much more egocentric kind of perspective of thinking like oh like well I'm ready why can't it happen now like this is you know Mm -hmm. I don't understand why it can't happen now if I'm ready but it could be that the, you know, the time in the world isn't ready, you know, for this person to come in, that person isn't ready. And, and it, it also made me think of too, I, I, I think that's so neat. They're looking into embryo or that they're pursuing embryo adoption. I've had a few friends that have gone through the IVF process and have talked about actually, I don't know what the proper term for this would be, but you know, that they have embryos that they're looking to have other families yeah. adopt. Mm-hmm. But I think of my one of my dear, dear friends who um, has been really open about her experience with adoption. And it's like, 
you know, she struggled so much with fertility and, and all of that. And it led her to adopting her daughter. And I just can't imagine her daughter not being here with her, you know, or like, if all of that wouldn't have happened, it's like, I just can't imagine a world where her daughter wasn't her daughter, you know? And so I'm always cautious of, I never want to silver line things for people because man, stuff like that is so challenging and it's so hard. It is. But, or not, but, but, and it's, it's amazing how, um, things have turned out so much better for me than I could have ever planned. Um, thinking that I, I knew what was best for me. Um, it's like so much more was in store that I could have never thought of if these things hadn't lined up the way that they had. It's wild. Yes. Yeah. It's good that you've, you've opened up and seen that. I think, I think that world puts like a stigma too. It's like, they just think, oh, you'll get together, you'll have babies, you know, the end. And that's just not for a lot of couples right now. And it seems like more, more mm-hmm. and more now that that's just not the realm of, of it. And it's hard for anyone struggling with these fertility problems to realize, you know, why, why can it be me? And that's a very good perspective is it's just maybe not the time for that for, for that spirit to come and i feel like we're all supposed to come at the at a time when you know i and i keep saying to myself i'm sure glad that my spirit wasn't ready when the pilgrims came or you know back right. in the, i couldn't live in that kind of a world <laughs> i like luxuries but then i think if we maybe didn't have the knowledge of it that we would miss it but i'm glad that i was put in a place at the time that I was and I think that we have to be open to that and realize everyone has their time and their season yeah Yeah. and as scary as that is that we don't have any control over that it's like that's also what's given me the most comfort funny enough is that I don't have control over any of that and I, I do feel very strong that we are that me and my husband are meant to be parents I feel like I've gotten a lot of confirmation spiritually in different ways for that but it's nice not having to worry about it as much as I used to of how old I'm gonna be when I have kids or you know is are we gonna have affairs in our life you know the way that we want them to be when it's time and it's like eh, I just I don't want to worry about that anymore it's gonna happen when it needs to yeah. It doesn't get, do you any good to worry about it because you get these little wrinkly lines and yeah. those aren't good. <laughs> and we do live in a time with Botox now, so we can, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to be totally against that, but the more wrinkles I get, I think, oh, that stuff sounds pretty good right now. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> I might it. have to look into it. But yeah. <laughs> I love it. I look at my mom. My mom had wrinkles, but she had pretty wrinkles and I have ugly wrinkles as well. Oh. My mom just gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful wrinkles, you know, and I think, oh, why can mine turned out like that? <laughs> wrinkly everywhere. But what yeah, is anyway. that? What has that process been like for you, like just with like aging and like kind of, you know, seeing your body and your, your face, like everything just like change over time. What has that been like? It has really been different. I, you know, being heavy most of my life or pretty much my adult life, 
I didn't really have too many wrinkles, you know, because you were filled out. But now that I'm losing the weight and I think, oh gosh, I have cheekbones and I have collarbones and, you know, and everything's kind of saggy now. But to be honest, I don't think, I don't think I was deserving. You know, I used to look at myself and I thought, I, I don't deserve to, you know, have a beauty regimen and I don't deserve to, you know, I'm, I'm just not pretty enough. You know, that's what I thought of myself. I wasn't pretty enough to deserve to use beauty products or facial products or something. So that was something I, I have not done. I mean, I washed my face morning and night, but that's as far as it went. I've never used moisturizers. And frankly, I probably am going to regret it. <laughs> but, well, honestly, um, with the research that, that's coming out, you're probably better than a lot of people because they put so much stuff in beauty products that are so toxic is what it's coming out to be. So you're actually probably doing better than most of us. (laughs) I hardly ever wore makeup. If it was, it was mascara and a little bit of blush and it's still kind of pretty much the same thing. If I, I'll put a little bit of eyeshadow on once in a while to go out. I'm not a real mainly because I never really learned how to put it on what did I feel like correctly you know and so I you know I look at these people who have these blogs you know with the <laughs> the beauty regimen to put on makeup and I'm like oh, I, I could never do that I wouldn't know how to even make it look good but maybe I would I don't know but I you know I feel like I've taken care of my skin but you know as far as and I'm I'm a sun person you've, you've heard this I like the sun I'm a warm weather girl and I didn't use sunscreen and even forget now, you know, even though I know it's important. And so I've got a lot of, you know, freckles and age spots. And that's just because I've loved the sun. I like to be out on the beach and be out on sunny days. So, but it's just too late to worry about it now. So whatever it is, is. And I'll just take it as it comes. But I've never been one to be too vain in my looks. And so maybe it hasn't bothered me as much as it may bother some. I just, figure I am who I am and if that's not the way people want me then they're gonna have to figure it out themselves because that's who I am (laughs) yeah well I I love seeing people just being themselves and natural and and that's what's helped me so much with my own body image and is just seeing people that have similar bodies to me or just you know aren't afraid to show what they really look like and I think that comes with aging too like I I'm haven't explored this as much because I'm still like younger I suppose you could categorize me as but I've started to notice a couple things like you know when you were talking about the lines on your forehead I'm getting like this scowl line in my like brow and it's deep and I think it's because I am a concentrator and when I was at work, you know, before and I was, you know, concentrated, I, you know, I wrinkle and so I got this very deep, but since I've been retired, I feel like it's relaxed a lot Uh and and a lot of it too is, I don't know if you can see, I have hooded eyelids Mm -hmm. and I'm actually going to go have surgery on these here. So, but in order for me to open my eyes wide enough so I don't have, I have to really wrinkle my forehead and so Mm -hmm. that's, you know, helped with that. But it also gives me horrible headaches because you're always trying to hold up your your eye. <laughs> so, right. um, you know, I don't want people to think it's a vain thing or I'm doing it for beauty. It's, I'm doing it so I can see because, my goodness, I didn't realize how bad I, I couldn't 
see things. And when I had the test the doctor gave me, I was like, oh dear, I didn't see half of that stuff. And she says, you didn't see more than half that stuff. And she says, you hardly seen any of the things I was doing. And I'm yeah. like, I felt like I just failed a big test. You know? <laughs> I thought I was really on it and yeah. I wasn't. <laughs> well, so. even if you were getting that done and it wasn't to see better, it's still okay. Like, you know, like even if it is. was cosmetic yeah, totally for just is. for you, it would be okay totally too. Is. You're worth it yeah. no matter what the reason that's, is. That's what I've decided. You know, everybody's their own person. If that's something they want, let them get it. You yeah, know? yeah. Just it's not right for me doesn't mean it's not right for someone else. So, right. yeah. But I think it's just cool. Like I'm excited that more people are sharing who they truly are and when that comes to aging, because it's always been this huge push in the beauty industry of like, how do I look younger and stay younger? Just like it, it's been, you know, how do I get skinny? How do I stay skinny? How do I bounce back into that bikini body? Blah, blah, blah. And I think the more that we stand up and go, no, this is what aging looks like and it's beautiful and it should be something that's embraced and, you know, and if it, if it helps you feel good to get surgery, just like, you know, with plastics or anything else, then great. And if it doesn't, then great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Have you, I, I don't remember. I think it was in the National Geographic of the the picture they showed up and she was 106 years old and I can't remember what country she was from but she was actually one of the most beautiful people I'd ever seen at 106 she looked beautiful and I thought and I thought to myself what makes her beautiful and I started looking at the, each line told a story and her eyes told stories and I was like ah you know you're you're getting to see the the depth of that person not just the what's visible you know you really had to look inward and she, she was just beautiful i'll have to go find that picture again and send you the information on it because boy she was just gorgeous and i thought here she is 106 years old so yeah yeah and i think that's part of it it's like the more confidence that i've grown just within myself of like a lot of what i share and talk about is really stuff that I'm sharing almost to like my past self of stuff that I wish I could have seen or would have seen when I was 15, 18, 22, like all these pivotal ages in my life. That's what I share. And the more confidence that I've grown in that of doing this stuff for myself, I think that's really what exudes that beauty that you're talking about of like, gosh, why is that person so beautiful? Or why is that person resonating with me and I think it's when you know your worth and you're sharing it just because it just outflows and you can't help but share it I think that's what brings beauty and and more normalcy to where each of us are at in our journeys and our lives and our in the different stages definitely yeah yeah that's true it sums it all up (laughs) yeah Well, as we're kind of wrapping up on on our time, if you had to look at yourself when you were a little kid, you know, five, six, seven, eight, whatever age stands out to you, what is one thing that you would tell little Michelle? To be happy. No matter what the situation, find something good, find something happy, and don't worry about who calls you names, you know, 
the world is cruel. I don't know. I guess maybe I was a chunky little girl. I don't really remember. I didn't really start gaining weight until, you know, after I had my babies and, but I don't, but I thought of myself as big, you know? And I think I read too much into stuff and don't assume you know what they're trying to bring across and, but just be happy with yourself. Be confident with yourself and shush everybody away. You don't need to listen to what they say because in the end, their opinion doesn't matter. It's your opinion of you. And if you're confident and keep that, then you'll go far and and things will just roll off your back because you're worth it. Oh, beautifully said. I love that. And, and where can our friends find you if they're like, I know all of them that are listening are like, this lady's so cool. I want to see more of her. Where can they go and find you? Well, on Instagram, I'm Gas by Granny. And then I just started TikTok. Nice. And yeah. And I think it's Michelle03 uh, is what I think it is. I could be wrong, but I'll so make I, sure I, to I link it. Yeah, I've, I've only put on a couple of things and I'm not too sure about, you know me, I'm not very tech savvy and so I'm trying, but I think it will be a, a rewarding thing to go on that and, you know, to do some stories on there. I really enjoy watching the videos that I go on and watch on TikTok and so hopefully someone can learn something from me and if they can, great. And it might just bring a little sunshine into their day, that's great too, so... So those are my platforms. Awesome. Yeah, TikTok, it, it's a sharp learning, or it was a sharp learning curve and honestly still is for me. I'm still learning yeah. it, but there are so many cool people on TikTok. I'm learning more super cool oh, people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Things that I see on there, I'm like, why didn't I think of, you know, something like that? Wow. That is so neat that they're doing that. And yeah. it makes me just admire so many people are doing so many good things in the world. It just, yeah. and opening your eyes up to all these good things. So yeah, yeah TikTok will be fun, I think. That's so. awesome. Well, anything else you want to leave my our friends with? Any, any closing thoughts or anything else? Just pursue your dreams. Get out there. And if you have a dream and you think it's unreachable, it never is. Do it. Just do whatever you can to make that, that possible for you. And just do it. I guess that's the main thing. Just do it. Let's say that. Sponsor <laughs> us, that Nike. Nike? Yeah. Say, is that Nike? I don't know. <laughs> but our our prophet in our church, that was one of his things too. That was one of his models. Just do it. And, it, and so, you know, I think it's, it's a good thing. Well, so. whether it's coming from Nike or a prophet or Michelle, I think just do it. I like <laughs> it. I'm going to stick with that. I like it. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you in the next one.